Welcome to VCs Off the Record, the podcast for startups and investors wanting brutally honest information and insight about raising capital or investing in startups. Truth hurts, but a bad investment, a horrible investor meeting, or getting ghosted by a VC hurts more. I'm your host, Gayla Jennings O'Byrne, co-founder of the Walkstar Fund and champion for female entrepreneurs. And we are off the record. Hey, welcome to today's episode of VCs Off the Record. I'm your host, Gayla Jennings O'Byrne, the founder of early stage venture fund, the Walkstar Fund. Joining me today is Kimberly Marshall, who is on a mission to change the world through investing in startups. Thanks for joining us, Kimberly. Gayla, thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing with Walkstar Fund and just delighted uh, to chat with you. Awesome. Thanks for being here. So listen, we always ask entrepreneurs to give their elevator pitch. How about you try it and give us a little bit about your background elevator pitch style? Absolutely. So I'm Kimberly Marshall, and I'm passionate about increasing access to capital for minority entrepreneurs and minority investors. Um, I've spent my entire career in investing and in tech, and I'm really glad to have such great alignment of my professional and personal interests. Um, I invest in a couple of different places in a couple of different ways at the moment. Before this, I led at tech investing at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I helped build Uber from 19 markets to over 400. Fun fact, I was the first Black employee at Uber headquarters back in 2012. Um, And prior to that, investment banking at Morgan Stanley and private equity at Macquarie Capital. Okay, crazy, crazy. Can you just repeat that Uber factoid again for me, please? Yes, would love to. I was the first Black employee at Uber headquarters back in 2012. So there were a few other Black employees already running markets, and Uber was great about um, just creating opportunity regardless of people's background. Um, So people like there was already people running Atlanta and running Dallas, but in the actual headquarters in San Francisco is the first. Of course, Atlanta, Dallas. Yes. Makes sense. Yes, makes a lot of sense. Uh, Okay, so listen, that was the pretty version of your bio. Anything crazy, something we don't know about you? Well, um, I think probably something that surprises people. I love jumping off of boats. Um, I think I'm probably a little bit of a thrill seeker and I love water and I love boats and I don't just jump off of them. A lot of times I do backflips. Um, even, yeah, even, even today though, at some point I should probably stop. Um, but that was my last thing I did actually before lockdown. I was out on a boat. I live down here in South beach, um, in Miami and I was out on a boat with friends And my last day before the lockdown began, I was uh, doing backflips off of a boat. I love it. I love it. Well, you can invite me on the boat anytime you want. I may not backflip with you, but I will be your spotter if that helps. I would love that. I love it. So tell me this, um, because you went to Harvard and got a degree in French and economics, um, but you're this badass investor, venture capitalist. How did that happen? What was that moment when you were like, I want to be an investment banker. I want to be a venture capitalist. 
Gosh, I, I don't know if I should say this on your podcast, but um, I think I've always been really fiscally motivated, um, which is probably what did it. I It turns out, and again, my personal interests and professional passions are really aligned. Um, my first year out of school, I actually spent in consulting because I thought that's what I wanted to do. And my friends in finance a year in like a year out of school got these bonus checks. And none of us like, we're like, what? They just, just gave you an extra check. It's like more than your salary. <laughs> just, just check. There's, and then I, you know, hey, who worked in. harder than investment banking bonuses? I think I basically turned around and was like, Hey, do we, do we get these bonuses? And they're like, no. And a month later I started in Morgan Stanley's analyst program. Um, and I've been on the finance track ever since, but I think that's really born out of, um, just the belief that you can do more with more. Um, I've always just been really passionate about um, businesses, helping small businesses, particularly economic development for minority communities, um, and always viewed finance as a way to really have impact on that space. You know, I started my investing career in private equity, which a lot of times when you're buying a company and you're trying to get better returns. It involves like layoffs and reductions and that sort of thing. Um, and when I learned more about venture, it was the exact opposite. Like you're funding a company to have incredible growth, to create jobs. And I just thought that was fabulous. Um, so that job creation piece. And then also while you're doing all this growth, you're having significant wealth creation too. Um, and I'm really passionate about wealth creation for um, in general, but especially um, in the black community. I love that. And you're right. Um, you, really what you're at is at the fulcrum of building wealth, right? Like your journey is about building wealth. Um, and I think that is, that's something. Yeah. I think that's where you and I kind of gravitated and really were digging each other when we first met um, early on. That is something I'm very passionate about and probably what led to my current early stage investing. Um, just seeing all the different pieces of investing, early stage investing seemed like one, it's one of the more accessible areas, but two, it's one of the areas that can really create significant wealth for both the entrepreneurs as well as the investors backing them. Yeah, very true. Um, and let, let's get into that a bit more. Let's unpack that because you're also involved with uh, the Black Angels Miami. And what I want to do, though, is I, I want to hone back in on that early stage that you talked about in Angel, because that's really a place that is still accessible to us. And I think as we look at the different types of um, companies that we're building, many of them are solopreneur, many of them are smaller in scale. Um, and as we think about how we invest, that's really sort of an entry point for us. So um, start us off and tell us what is angel investing? Yeah, absolutely. So angel investing is providing capital to a founder in the earliest stages of that company's journey. Um, a lot of times an angel will be some of the first capital into a company. It may be part of their friends and family round if a founder is lucky enough to have one of those. Um, and it'll just be the earliest capital that goes in, often before institutional capital. So, you know, venture capital funds and that sort of thing will back a founder. And it's that earliest capital that really helps the founder get off the ground, you know, create their product, get on the path to product market fit and be able to raise even more capital from from larger, more established investors. Awesome. And who's an ideal candidate for angel investing? Like if I'm listening to this show and I've got an idea. Maybe I've got some customers. Am I a fit for Angel? Who, who's the ideal 
candidate or the ideal entrepreneur. Um, so angel investing, and anytime you're taking outside capital, theoretically, if it's you know you expect it to be a high growth business, um, so the right entrepreneurs for angel capital or venture type capital um, would be an entrepreneur that expects with an early investment in capital, their business will grow substantially. Um, and that would be different from, say, more of a lifestyle business where you might invest capital in this business and this business will you know, continue to kick off cash flow or just steady returns. But there's not that that high growth component to it. You know, one of the things that I love um, about my investing right now is I do it across so many different platforms. So first, I'm an angel investor myself and also an LP. So I both invest directly into early stage companies. And then I also invest into venture capital funds that are investing in early stage companies. And what's um, an LP? An LP is a limited partner. So it would be someone that provides capital to a venture capital fund, or it could be a later stage equity fund. And those investors, the people who run that fund, invest that money on behalf of their different limited partners. Um, and it's interesting, I do both funds and companies because if my goal is to increase access to capital for minority entrepreneurs, um, one of the most efficient ways to do it is actually by investing in funds. So I really love writing my own individual checks to companies and I have more direct investments in companies than I do in funds. But I'm also very passionate about investing in funds because um, that that just in I invest in minority fund managers. Um, and you know statistically minority fund managers deploy more capital to minority entrepreneurs and it just makes a lot of sense. So beyond my own angel and LP investing, um, I'm also a founding board member of Black Angels Miami. I think Black Angels Miami um, is really important. Any kind of like effort to increase both access to deal flow um, for minority investors that traditionally, you know, have been kind of cut out of the venture funding ecosystem. And it's very hard to break into the venture funding ecosystem um, as both an investor and as an entrepreneur. Um, and, and so increasing the ability for accredited investors to learn more about angel investing, to learn more about, you know, deploying capital early stage founders and also those investors now being able to invest in in companies um, and exposure to companies. Black Angels Miami doesn't only focus on Black founders, but given the nature of the investors, you know, I expect we'll fund a lot more Black founders than than other groups. Um, and we look at both founders and funds, which, again, I think is really important. And I don't know if we can say the name of the big financial firm that you're also with, but you are one of the leaders driving um, one of our big financial firms um, in their efforts around minorities and startups. One of my other like favorite areas to play um, is that I advise Goldman Sachs on their Launch with GS initiative. And I specifically focus on Black and Latinx entrepreneurs um, and fund managers. And that's been really awesome um, because it's really allowed me to take this both personal and professional passion for increasing access to capital to a much larger platform because Goldman Sachs has a lot more money than I do. Um, so it's been really awesome to um, work with them um, and work from such a place of influence on increasing access to capital. I love, A, that you um, shared the name of the organization, uh, Launch with Goldman Sachs. And we love that you're there because we do need people like yourself that are in decision-making positions 
when these investment uh, choices are made. So thank you for being in that role. Well, thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't be there without you, Gayla. <laughs> we need you there. Switching back to your angel hat, uh, what was the last company you invested in and why? You know, I'm passionate about wealth creation and job creation. And I'm very excited about the decade goal I set for myself at the beginning of this year to create $1 billion of Black wealth. There were two that I, um, that I invested in this past month um, since, you know, during the pandemic. Um, one was Helium Health, which is later stage than I usually invest. They just closed their Series A. Um, and they are the largest electronic medical records provider in West Africa. So it's also my first investment on the continent. But it's a founder that I um, met back when I lived in San Francisco, so a few years ago, um, and really got to know more about um, over the past like year or so. And what really drew me to that company was um, the electronic medical records in West Africa and potentially the entire the entire continent um, is not yet regulated. And having been an early employee at Uber. I have a lot of experience with unregulated or not yet regulated or not fully regulated markets. Um, and so when I looked at their value proposition and the technology that they were bringing on the continent and their positioning, I think they have a really, um, really outsized advantage to to kind of creating a market and creating you know, the, the infrastructure around electronic medical records. And not only will that be you know, technology that's really you know, useful and viable and successful, it'll also be something that's super impactful on the continent. Um, and we'll do a lot towards, um, towards you know, saving lives and improving the healthcare system. The other company I recently invested in is called Quario. Um, and they do enterprise technology software um, that does natural language processing for searching or querying databases. Um, so it's highly technical and it, the technology itself took many years to develop, but I think they are really going to revolutionize how companies um, and the business owners in companies are able to engage with and extract data from across their enterprises. Um, this is so amazing how you answered this question. There's so many juicy things in here. One, uh, you were gleefully happy to tell us who they were, right? And and so that's just so reflective of who a good investor is um, because once they invest, they become champions. So everyone should think in those terms, right? Like, is this person going to be a champion for what I'm doing? And you clearly are. Um, and then you're the right investor for that company because you can bring not only a check, but other things. And in your case, it's experience, it's business knowledge and know-how, it's probably some introductions. So um, lots of really cool things and how you, lots of cool things and how you answered that, um, that we all should take away from, from uh, your answer. So thank you for that. We talk a lot about how we need to be big and bold and we need big vision. And when you're talking about investors coming in to support your company, we also have to think about the other side of it, which is the returns they're looking for um, and that make it attractive for them to invest in you. And so you have to have a big vision, right? You have to be going after big market share, right? Big revenue in order to make it attractive for an investor. So thank you, thank you for um, talking about big and 
big visions and, and, and big, bold market moves that people are making as being a differentiator for why you chose them. Anyone you said no to and you're glad you did say no? You know what? Um, I no, I have some companies I said yes to that I wish I'd said no to. Um, I have some of those. Um, we won't we won't name and shame anyone. Tell us, give us one reason why you are glad you or you regret that you said yes. I would say the biggest. I tend to be more of an enterprise investor, um, and I think that's just. For some reason, it's easier for me to understand enterprise businesses than consumer businesses. And I think that's related to me not being a big consumer myself. I'm a bit of a minimalist. I'm not like the most tech advanced person. This weekend, I'm contemplating my first Instagram post, but mostly because a friend told me I had to. Um, So I'm just much more comfortable with enterprise. Um, And I would say what, um, what I learned from a couple of my investments was to really diligence the ability of the founders to sell into their client. Kimberly, tell us what your superpower is and how you're getting all these dope roles in venture capital. You know, Gayla, I think about that a lot in um, the context of advising Goldman Sachs on their Launch With Yes initiative. I feel incredibly blessed to have such an influential platform for increasing access to capital for minority founders and investors. And what's led to my success in that opportunity is the same thing that got me that opportunity. An incredible network arising from so many diverse experiences. I've lived in different geographies, attended different schools, worked at different companies across different sectors, from Wall Street to venture to tech startups to philanthropy, um, and now doing my own thing which has come full circle to Wall Street, but it's all those different, like being in all those different places and making all those different connections um, that really led to today. And then I've also been told I have great energy. Um, And while I don't know exactly what it means all the time, I think that's been really helpful to like having positive interactions with people and being remembered so that when I call them up many years after we've connected, um, you know, they're still happy to connect and figure out ways that we can be helpful. Well, they were telling you the truth because you do have great energy. And I think you're right. Your superpower really is around the networking and the connecting people, right? It's not just one thing to connect uh, yourself to people, but you actually connect others to each other. So I absolutely agree with that. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us this. One of the problems that we often hear about is it's so hard to access and build relationships with venture capitalists, right? Because there's so few venture capitalists and there's so many startups out there. What's the best way to get to know you? Like if you look back on how people have now come into your life, different startups, different entrepreneurs, what's been the best route? I'm I'm sure it's not a cold call LinkedIn, but what is it? Is it conferences? Is it? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I would say... There's a, there's some great work that's been done, and it's just on the coast. But if you're familiar with this stealth mode group um, that Charles Hudson and Richard Kirby formed, and it's like this group of Blacks in tech, um, one based in the San Francisco Bay Area, one based in New York, um, that was a really great community for me. It's actually how I got connected to Uber. 
um, and you know, got the job at Uber that enabled me to do my personal investing. Um, but it's also, you know, how I've met a lot of entrepreneurs is how I met the Helium Health people, um, which are, you know, they're a fantastic healthcare, healthcare company. Um, so I think that's been just like that networking in the, um, in the minority entrepreneur space. I will also say, um, I receive a lot of introductions. Um, and one of the reasons I receive a lot of introductions is because I have lived in a lot of different places. I've been to a bunch of different schools. I've worked in a bunch of different places. And it ultimately just means I know a lot of people and a lot of people know me. Um, and so it's pretty, I think when, if an entrepreneur ever like discovers that I exist, which is probably the harder part, um, because I do have a very low profile, but if like they realize I exist, it's very easy to reach me, I think. Awesome. But I, uh, I, I think there's something in there, which is the networking, right? And that can take place, like you said, like, places where you've lived, where you've gone to school, right? So all of those circles and, and you know, need to be tapped into if you're an entrepreneur. Um, and likewise, if you're an investor, right? You want to be working and, and engaging with other investors so you know what kind of things are out there that people are investing in. Uh, tell us this, how can you be helpful to founders? Because you're so giving. Well, thank you. Um, I I really like to help founders with um, geographic market expansion, like how they evaluate that. It's one of the things I did for Uber. Um, regulatory and stakeholder strategy and approach. Um, so, you know, working in highly regulated spaces, that's something I have a little bit of experience with. Um, evaluating philanthropic opportunities, just from the Gates Foundation, I have a little bit of like knowledge on what can and could or should be grant funded. Um, and then also just leveraging innate impact. You know, so many startups um, or so many companies in just intrinsically in their product um, are things that that like help the world. And so helping them to lean into those um, in a revenue generating way. That's amazing. Awesome. Thank you. As we wrap up our time with you, uh, we have a speed round that we always do with our guests. Um, there's no thinking, there's no explaining, just the first answer that comes to mind. You ready? Absolutely. All right. Which Kardashian do you like best? The one that became that the self-made billionaire. Kylie. Okay. I don't know them, but I know one of them became a That's billionaire. That's okay. Love and hip hop, real housewives, or basketball wives? And I don't know anything about pop culture generally. All right. So, wait, so we're going to, it's going to go down here real quick here. It's going to go down real quick. Let's just see though. All right. Michelle or Barack? Michelle. But that's not like a real answer. I just have to say Michelle because I'm a woman. Uh, you, no, you can say whatever you want. We love Barry too. All right. Serena or Venus? Serena. Okay. Shonda Rhimes or Issa Rae? Issa Rae. All right, you did great. Thank you. So Kimberly, tell us, if I had a potluck, what would you bring? Let's see, I would bring a fantastic bottle of wine by a Black-owned winemaker. Um, so I love supporting Black-owned businesses and have quite a few in my collection. Um, and my significant other, whom I haven't met yet. I love it. I love love and I love wine. So you're invited. Thank you. This has been wonderful. 
I'm your host, Gayla Jennings O'Byrne, and we've had a great time talking with Kimberly Marshall. Thank you. It's been wonderful to be here. Thank you for joining us for another episode of VCs Off the Record with today's special guest, Kimberly Marshall. Just a couple of good takeaways before we end today's session. One, you have choices when looking for investors. Some days it may not feel like it, and trust me, I know what that's about. But you do, and they should be willing to be your champion and your advocate. Also, seek ones that have some alignment and expertise to help your company grow. Checks are great, but checks plus expertise plus access to a whole new ecosystem and network is invaluable. And if you're an investor, invest in areas you understand, have a comfort level with, or are excited and inquisitive and want to learn more about. And be sure to check out our website, walkstar.com, for more resources. I'm your host, Gila Jennings O'Byrne, and we are off the record. <laughs>